0: If this fails, in addition to the lost lives and money and material, um, the political situation, I can't help but see Russia or the Soviets uh, coming out as, as kind of on top. Dead history, what if? Uh, June 5th, 1944, the
1: weather Over the English Channel, Southern England, Northern France is filled with heavy rain. General Dwight D. Eisenhower is talking to his staff, and they've called off the invasion for June 5th, and they're talking to um, their weatherman, and he says, tomorrow will be good. And it was good. And what eventually happened was the Allies invaded Normandy on June 6, 1944, under mostly clear skies, a uh, little bit of cloud cover, and they successfully made beachheads on June 6, 1944, preparing for Operation Overlord, uh, which would end with the capture of Paris on August 25, 1944. Had the Allies not been able to invade on June 6, they would have had June 7, but June 7 was heavily rainy as well. The next days available for them would have been Jul- uh, June 19th. And June 19th had one of the worst storms of the year. So, our question today is what if Operation Neptune, which was the beginning part of Operation Overlord, had failed? What if the Allies failed to gain a beachhead in Normandy in June of
0: 1944?
1: I'm Eric. I'm Jake. And this is dad bod history dad history. What if, so, um, we talked about amphibious assaults, uh, the other day. Yeah. And, uh, we talked about specifically the D day invasion and what it entailed. So, um, there's quite a bit here in terms of what if that had failed? Um, yeah, I read, um, I read an essay that was actually by, uh, oh, I lost it. Um, Stephen Ambrose. Uh, he wrote an essay called D Day Fails. And then Robert Cowley wrote um, The Soviet Invasion of Japan, which had to do with that as well. Um, so D Day failed. I, I guess the question is so what happened? So I think um, right off the bat, one thing we know almost with certainty is. Uh, Germany is still going to lose the war. They're, they're, by mid-1944, they're going to be incapable of winning this war. Um, and the other thing is that the United States and Britain will not be suing for peace.
0: And why, I guess, why would do we know Germany is still going to lose this war? What precipitated the the turn of events because in 1940-41 they had rolled through Poland and France they had Britain on their heels and they were successfully invading Russia Um, North Africa was technically under Italian control um, but ostensibly the Germans are the ones that had secured that so what was it that it I guess turned it so that we know Germany is going to lose this war whether or not this is a successful invasion
1: So by, by 1943, um, North Africa is falling very quickly. Um, you know, the Americans have launched operation torch, uh, and invaded North Africa. Um, Rommel, who I, I I do consider just one of the most fantastic and amazing generals of his time Mm -hmm. uh, is on his heels, um, in North Africa, and they're being pushed back and they're going to end up falling back. He's going to end up being put in charge of, um, the, the defense of, um, the Atlantic wall, the, the fortress of Europe. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, Patton and Montgomery, um, who are closing up in Africa, the Soviets, um, having kind of won at Stalingrad and captured one of the German armies, um, with all the casualties there, you know, one of the things that, um, tends to be forgotten in a lot of our narratives in the United States is, uh, we think we won the war. um, but it was on the back of like 10 million Russian soldiers who died, um, who died basically just catching German bullets. So the guy behind them didn't catch it and they could raise a rifle. Um, by 1943, the Russians are making their advance in a lot of different, different places. They've lifted the siege on Leningrad. Um, Stalingrad has been won. Uh, they're pushing the Nazis back from, from Moscow. Well, and,
0: and correct me if I'm wrong. It's not that the Germans, <laughs> that the Soviets captured a German army, but that the Germans sent what was at the time the largest army ever assembled into Russia.
1: Millions, yeah, in, right? Like 19, six or eight million men. In June, July 1941, when they invaded the Soviet Union, I mean they had this like one thousand mile front. And uh gosh, I want to look it up because I I don't want to say the number wrong because um it's, it well, was, and while you look was, that was up, that
0: the the point is, it's that it's not that Germany lost an army; is that they lost all of their army. Like they so, they sent pretty much everything they had into Russia to, to take Russia from. Yeah, I mean
1: the the invasion from oh the Axis strength was three point eight million personnel, and during Operation Barbarossa, which um, lasts until. December of 1941, the Axis loses 1 million total casualties. Now that's, that's killed. And and that's a million people in one operation and the Soviets lost 5 million. The thing is the Soviets, the Russians have so many um, that what ends up being their, their ability is, is the Russians just keep pushing forward. I mean, the Germans can't make enough bullets to kill all the Russians that are coming towards them. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's an exaggeration. I understand that, but well, um, then, eventually
0: the Russians catch up in arms. Right? I mean, their their tanks.
1: Yeah, they make they make more tanks. Their their air force isn't isn't a whole lot, um, from what I understand. Um, but it's simply through sheer strength of numbers, and the yeah. Germans have the tactics, they have the technology, they have the weapons, they have the air cover, they have all the all they have all the things that actually matter. But it still can't overcome the numbers. So the question isn't whether if we didn't, the only reason or the reason Stalin wanted us to open up that other front in the West is he wanted pressure taken off his side. He was losing so many people. And not that Stalin is somebody who, who's weeping over every um, lost soldier or every lost 10,000, 100,000 soldiers. Uh, he just knows that he's not gonna be able to sustain this for a long time. Um, so opening up that that Western front, takes pressure off the Soviets. And the big what if is, so there's 150,000 men used in Operation Overlord, or sorry, Operation Neptune, which is June 6th, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be, I think, 450,000 who are going to land over the next few weeks to actually do the full Normandy campaign, which is going to last into August. So there's about nine, 10,000 paratroopers. So if they drop in the night before and your first wave, which is going to be like 20 to 30,000 uh, soldiers across five beaches, if those waves fail to get beachheads, heads, uh, Eisenhower is, is in a position where he can call off the second and third waves and the, the other, what would be 300,000 soldiers who are waiting in England, who are going to uh, embark in the next few days to go over there and, and become the, for- the ground forces. So if the first wave fails, you can pull the second and third waves back. But that means all of your paratroopers and all that first wave are either killed in action or captured. That means you go from a force of 450,000 to 400,000, roughly. Mm-hmm. So you still have that army, but you, just, you can't try that same invasion again um, you can try to go to, to like uh, further east to La Havre, and uh, but that's more that's more heavily fortified, um, and maybe you can move them to into the Operation Dragoon, which is going to invade southern France in August. Um, but then you've got to move them to the Mediterranean, and that's that's a whole other operation. But it's doable. Um, but then you're so much further away from the German border from the Netherlands and Belgium, those, those, and from Paris. So it just becomes a, you're looking at a longer war. You're not getting into Europe until August. You're not going to capture Paris. And like you said, the war
0: is the, the outcome is determined. Germany is losing, but yes, you're spending more men. You're spending more time. You're spending more money. You're spending more material to get the same result. And I think but it's going to cost more in lives so the, and money. So, and yeah. So the what if isn't will Germany somehow win? At this point, so, that's not happening.
1: So the what, so what ifs is are. What if? So here's a here's a what if. Um, how far is going to is Russia? Once we do invade, it obviously takes pressure off Russia. Once we once we have a foothold in Europe, um, Russia's advance is going to quicken. If we're further from Berlin than the Russians are, when we first invade. Um, we're looking at like in Austria uh, an entire Germany that are going to be satellites of the Soviet Union after the war, uh, possibly the Netherlands and Belgium Luxembourg Denmark, Norway. These could all be satellites of the Soviet Union. there is no West East Germany. The other thing is if the Germans who never have to take pressure off the Soviets um, can continue doing that. And this war in Europe drags into 1945. Well, there's a likelihood that we end up dropping our first atomic bombs because we'll be making the advancements uh, in islands in, in the Pacific uh, that we say the one place we need to make a move is Germany, that we drop a couple atomic bombs in German cities. Um, that's a possibility. Um, again, it, it's going to result in the Soviets getting more out of the war than than we would like and have intended. It also means, you know, uh, it's possible that Italy doesn't really um, fall to us. Maybe it falls to the Soviets. Uh, all of Germany does, and so now there's no NATO. So obviously, the longer away from the event that you what if uh, you get the more wild the differences can be. But initially it's mm-hmm. gonna be a, a stronger Soviet, Soviet presence. Um, even if we get the atomic bomb, they're gonna have more that they've, that they've taken. And um, it could also, one of the um, points I read in this article was, um, it's also possible that Soviets actually make jumps in Japan. And so if we are invading Japan, or we're dropping atomic bombs in Japan. Um, we know that the the Russians had plans to invade Hokkaido. Hokkaido is the northernmost island in Japan, uh, major island. So the Soviet. So imagine if the Soviets invade Hokkaido and they take Hokkaido. And now we have to negotiate with the Soviets over what's left of Japan. And now you have a a northern Japan and a southern Japan, and maybe Tokyo,
0: which stunts their recovery as a nation.
1: Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and and maybe Tokyo is uh, you know split uh, east and west Tokyo kind of like east and west Berlin. Mm-hmm. Now you go to like um you know the uh, when the, when the Soviets kind of blockaded Berlin.
0: Well, maybe so you have to do a Tokyo airlift or maybe maybe,
1: maybe there's a to- there's a Berlin airlift, but maybe when the, when the Soviets locked down Berlin or uh, West Berlin, we locked down East Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And say you know, hey, this for that, and maybe it ends better, or maybe that's what pushes us all over to the edge in, in the early 60s. So there's there's a lot of these things, and they don't have to do with Germany. They have to do with how is the balance of power.
0: Yeah, and I I agree with you. I th- I think generally, if this operation fails, it's not that Germany wins. They don't win. Um, they don't have. The, the military capital anymore. They spent it all in in in, in trying to invade Russia, um, but if this fails, in addition to the lost lives and money and material, um, the political situation I can't help but see Russia or the Soviets uh, coming out as as kind of on top. Um, yeah. I do think they get. If not all, they get most of Germany, they get all of Austria. Um, So then they're right next door to France, which is not what France wanted. Um, It does strengthen their position in the Pacific. I mean, they're very influential anyway in uh, Korea and Vietnam and China. So any more time that the Americans or the allies have to spend fighting in Europe or in the Pacific is, um, is only to the Soviets benefit um, yeah. the only and you can
1: say this this could even embolden like uh, Mao Zedong in China uh, you know he and Chiang Kai-shek had, had kind of made like a truce to get through the war with Japan but you know if the Soviets have Hokkaido, of the Soviets have most of Europe mm-hmm. the Chinese may be more emboldened and Korea may happen a lot sooner and we if our war dragged into 1946 um, and we had expended more than we had hoped to, and we 'd had this terrible loss on June sixth um, you know you can imagine that we 're just unwilling, or maybe it, the organization the u n isn 't in a position to defend Korea, so now you just have a korea that 's a communist
0: yeah
1: and and those dominoes fall a lot quicker, and maybe we we say japan is is they're that last line and there is no vietnam war there is no korean war um Mm -hmm. they just fall and we're not in a position to to oppose them yeah and and it's it's not beyond the realm of comprehension to say can great can the united kingdom maintain its western democracy in the face of communist europe
0: and the only thing i can think that favors the United States and I keep saying the United States, the allies is if we fail to take the beachheads on June 6th or establish those beachheads. um, But somebody in, in German high command sees can read the tea leaves and sees that if there is a successful assassination of Hitler, that German high command would go to the allies and say, we'll surrender to you if you don't let the Soviets take Berlin or take whatever it is. Um, That's the only, that's the only circumstance I can see where uh, the allies are in a similar position, if not necessarily better position than they were after 1945. I I know
1: that, um, you know, there was the assassination attempt on Hitler. um, And I think it was in July of 1944 and that was kind of when german high command especially the wehrmacht the army not nazis um were looking at and that's that's where uh, erwin Rommel was implicated in and i think it was valkyrie talks about that particular assassination mm-hmm. attempt which is the the bomb the bomb yeah um and you know had that succeeded the goal was that adolf hitler's dead um the wehrmacht leaders the the basically German army leaders can turn quickly and seize power and then sue for peace and say, listen, we're going to surrender to you. Um, Because we, you know, whether, whether they were thinking ahead enough to we don't want the Soviets here or we just, we don't want our country not to be destroyed. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously there's, there's numerous attempts on his life. Um, But I can see that, after the invasion and after we were making progress they kind of saw the writing on the wall um i don't think they were interested in in having a, a war of attrition um but the nazis still had control um so until they could find that control, they 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 couldn't make their move, and and they just yeah. never managed. Yeah, to. and that's
0: that's what I'm. I mean, the, that's all. So you have kind of two what ifs if, in yeah. that case, because Hitler has to be a non-factor, which yeah. means dead. Um, so I, yeah, they, I do think it would have been a very interesting dynamic between the United States and the and the Soviet Union in that if Germany, I'm sorry, if the Soviet Union comes out kind of as the top dog yeah um, because they got all of Germany I mean that matters and that affects the United States standing um as a world power and that that
1: that brings up some other things so you know in their Tehran meeting um where Stalin Churchill and Roosevelt had sat down and kind of made plans for what would happen after the war at that point they're like hey we know this war is going to end we know we're going to be the victors so we have to decide how we want this to break up You know, whether they say, hey, we're going to split Germany down the middle, Um, you know, in the last weeks of the war, they were racing to get to certain spots because even on top of their agreements, they knew that, you know, if we can capture this town, we can say, we've got this town. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can plunder its wealth first, uh, save the artifacts that are there, get there and destroy it or whatever it is. Um. You know, even if there's an agreement to split Germany and the Soviets can take all of Germany, then they're in a position to bargain and say, no, no, we, we've we got Germany, we paid for it in our blood, so we're going to hold on to it. And mm-hmm. if the U.S. pushes, I mean, the Soviets um, kind of have the mentality to push back. They, um, Their leadership probably doesn't value the lives of its soldiers in the same way that the the Western allies did. Mm-hmm. So you can say, um, are we going to stand toe-to-toe with the Soviets right there um, and push back? Or are we going to say, listen, let's w- the war is over. Let's just wrap this up and go home, and we'll figure the next part out later. And, and even still, so, we would have had the atomic bomb at the end. Whether that makes a big difference in who gets what, I don't know. But um, obviously, a failure on D-Day would would be disastrous in terms of the lives lost, but also disastrous in terms of um, the geopolitical situation at the end of
0: the war. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You would have had a far different Europe for 70 years. I mean, I still believe the Soviet union falls under the the weight of their own system, but uh, yeah, but they're going to be tens of millions of more Europeans would have struggled under
1: They'll be bolstered by those industrious Germans for another few years, at least.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a great question because, and like I said, I don't think it changes the outcome of the war. Absolutely. But it does change a lot of the secondary consequences of the war, which is just as important in some cases.
1: Yeah. And so I read a, I read a, uh, an account of, you know, I kind of, I kind of, monologue did in at the beginning but um you know eisenhower on so on june 4th the evening they, they scrubbed the next day's invasion so they didn't send the paratroopers up on the night of june 4th they didn't launch the ships on the morning of june 5th so on june 5th um they have this this army weatherman and he asks him he says what do you what's the weather going to be tomorrow and the weatherman said, it'll be clear. And he's like, how do you know? And he's like, a, a hunch. Like, based on the, the, the weather prediction, I don't know if the weather predictions were like from today or, or from back then. They were still, the predictions were 50-50. Like, they were right half the time. But the British Navy and the U.S. Navy Command both disagreed and said, no, we're going to get rain on June 6th. We can't launch the invasion and so this 29 year old i don't know if he's a corporal or a staff sergeant um said you no know, it'll be clear we're good to go and so eisenhower just said okay let's go
0: so maybe the was most it. important weatherman in the history of the world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean yeah that's pretty important yeah so. so anyway that was a that was fun i yeah. mean it's a great discussion to see how how different europe and and how different the Pacific would be had this one particular amphibious assault not succeeded. Yeah.
1: And there's another what if. What if the the Dieppe raid in uh, the year before had had succeeded, which it was a monumental failure. Uh, they learned a lot from it. But had that succeeded, we would have had a beachhead almost a year ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they would have known what to do with it, but they would have had it. So. Yeah. All right. It's dad bought history. What if? Yeah. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next time.